Hey there, ACC fans. Y'all already know what it is. It's another episode of Locked on ACC. I am filling in for host Candace Cooper, and I got my main man, Dono, from Locked on Canes. How you doing, Dono? I'm doing great, man. Maybe Miami can actually start a winning streak this week. They've got a winning streak of one, so we'll see uh-huh. how that goes. You know what? I, I say this all the time, right? We all hate that guy in the gym that, like, every time the ball touches his hands, he just keeps shooting, and then he finally <laughs> makes one. He's like, I'm hot. And it's like, you made a massive one in a row. Please relax, my brother in Christ. Please stop the nonsense. But we're coming at you with no nonsense today because we're coming – at you with some trap games and trust me there's a lot of teams that are going to be sweating it out this week and if you or a family member is dealing with profuse sweat please understand that this episode is brought to you by sweat block you can go ahead and purchase that with a 20 percent discount if you use our code locked on and again uh sweat block is here for you we're going to get into these trap games donna we're going to get into them. and i have a feeling i have a very sneaky suspicion that you may be wearing the hat of a team that is included in the trap game, but we're, we we got to save the goods for the fans. All right. So we're going to get into it as soon as we get done with this music plan on today's episode of locked on ACC. You are locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic coast conference, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. So tell me this, okay? And I may have some insider information. I may have pre-recorded this. We may have had a blueprint, had to restart this thing. But I may believe that you think Miami and Duke is the trap game of the week. Talk to me about it. Is that a correct assumption on my end? Uh, From this perspective, yes. I think the Hurricanes are favored by way too much. I think they should be favored in this game. Uh, it is a home game and Miami's offense, uh, well, the passing offense has been really good lately and the defense is getting better, but to see Miami favored by nine points against Duke or anybody, it gives me the sweats and not, and not in a good way. That's why I need sweat block. Okay. Because (laughs) Miami Kenton so far this season. The Miami Hurricanes are 0-5 against the spread this year because, uh, you know, their, their opening game against Bethune-Cookman, there wasn't even a spread on that against an FCS team. Since then, you know, they, they have won a couple, but they haven't beat the spread. They're 0-5 against the spread. And I, I have a lot of respect for Riley Leonard and Duke's offense. Uh, Leonard is one of the most dangerous dual-threat quarterbacks in the country. And early in the season when Miami faced a couple of dual-threat quarterbacks, they struggled a little bit with quarterback contained. So I think that Miami's defense is going to be tested. And Duke also, they do a nice job with their passing game in picking up chunk plays. And that was also a weakness early on for Miami's defense. So I think nine points is too much. At the same time, um, you know, I'm expecting, I, I don't, shouldn't really expect anything with the Canes because they don't really have an identity, right? You know, when they mm-hmm. fix one problem, a new problem arises. You fix the passing game, then the running game becomes a problem. You fix your pass defense, and then you're committing 17 penalties for 159 yards. Like, they always find new ways to shoot themselves in the foot. With that said, Tyler Van Dyke, over the last couple of weeks, is finally playing the way that I thought he would play preseason, and then he, you know, fell off for a bit. Uh, he's fully back. You know, he's 
threw for 496 yards against North Carolina, 352 yards against Virginia Tech. Uh, so he's, you know, and, and Duke, I think, bottom third in the country in defense. So I, I think Tyler Van Dyke, who's finally found a couple of wide receivers because, you know, Miami early on in the season, nobody was standing out. Everyone was dropping passes. And then over the last couple of weeks, a junior college transfer who, you know, he six foot five and he's making these crazy one handed catches. Colby Young has been looking really good. He and Tyler have been connecting in a big way. So. Uh, I think this could end up being a relatively high-scoring game here, but since you never know what version of the Canes are going to show up, and Duke is you know, not only a well-quarterback team, a really well-coached team yeah. under Mike Elko. I've always, even if Candace isn't here, I have to give Elko some praise because she's going to be very angry if we don't talk about how amazing he is. Uh, really well-coached, really, really experienced team. Don't make a whole lot of mistakes, so... This is not like, you know, I, I don't look at this as a walk in the park whatsoever. I think Miami's going to be challenged here, and they could lose this game. Uh, you know, I've, I've told Candace multiple times on the show, I don't know what type of dwelling you live in, but I know that there's got to be a poster of Elko somewhere there. I you, you would not know that that woman is a UNC grad from the way that she talks up Duke football. You would never in a million years guess that. But now... Let's get into the nitty-gritty of this thing because I agree. Leonard has been – he's he's been playing – I mean, it's this year for the ACC has just been the year of the no-name quarterbacks or the, the new guys on the block because the old regime, everybody who was supposed to be good, you got Devin Leary, Sam Hartman, TVD, all the guys that were supposed to – yeah, this is a quarterback's league and we're the, the big dog. They've all been the puppies. They've all kind of shrunk, except Hartman. Hartman's been yeah, good consistently. He's been, good. he's been good consistently, but even him, he's had some games where it's, it's been rough, but for the most part, he's looked good consistently. You've got all these new guys. You've got Drake May. He's been on campus for all of like three days. He's looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. You've got Leonard, who is a guy that – where did he come from? Nobody thought to themselves, if you're going to tell me that there are going to be uh, some great quarterback – there's going to be great quarterback play – in the ACC, and some of the best quarterback players going to come out of the triangle, everybody would say, of course, Devin Leary is going to be good. And and then if they said, wrong school, pick any other school and you'll be right, then you would call them a liar. You tell them you need some help. Go to stop, shake that drug habit. It's no good for you. But um, Leonard has been playing some, some really good ball. Duke has been playing some good ball. But like you said, man, this game has a lot of intrigue for this show because Candace is very adamant. That Duke is going to get the six wins, okay? And you, you're a Canes guy. I know, and, and we all know how the fans can get. You know what I mean? You, the wrong loss to the wrong team, and all of a sudden, even in year one, folks are calling for Coach's head. I remember what it was like when uh, when Taggart was down in Florida State. All it took yeah. was the wrong loss to the wrong team, even in year one. And it's going to have folks like, no, that's it. That's enough. Get them out of here. So is, is there a chance that if this game does turn out to be a trap game, and Duke does come out victorious. What do you think the fan base would be, their feeling would be towards Cristobal? Is it still like, hey, it's year one, he doesn't have his guys yet, or, or would there be a very quick, very sharp, hey, uh, I don't care if he played for us, he needs to go? Yeah, it's it's a very loud minority who have already been saying crazy things like that. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and sometimes... Sometimes the crazy people are just so much louder than the sane people that it makes it feel more like it's 50 50. Um, you know, I've already, and, and obviously, my, my when they lost to Middle Tennessee a few weeks ago, 
everyone just lost their minds. And I can understand it because they were favored by 27 and a half points and they lost to Middle Tennessee State. So you start to see a lot of people saying, because Mario Cristobal, he's on a 10-year contract at, for a reported 80 million. So then you have a lot of people saying, 80 million down the drain. Oh, what are you doing? But I, I think so far, Kenton, the bigger scapegoats, uh, and obviously the head coach is the CEO, but the bigger scapegoats so far among the fans have been the coordinators. People have given a really, really hard time, especially to the offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis. Um, the fan base was pretty relentless with him. Um, I think actually over the past three games, two games maybe, two and a half games, Gaddis has actually done a pretty good job finally adapting the offense because the first three games, it looked like they just wanted to play Stone Age, Smash Mouth football. And then I think they finally figured out, okay, we've got a quarterback who was really successful last year. Maybe we should try to make him comfortable uh, by, you know, getting his input and maybe employing more of the tempo from, and I understand it's a different offense that they're running, but maybe employ some more of that tempo for him. And Van Dyke has been a lot more comfortable the last couple of weeks. So maybe they got it a few weeks too late, but I give Gaddis credit for adapting. Um, you know, Miami's defense, uh, their defensive secondary gave up some horrific long passing plays on coverage breakdowns. Uh, a lot of people were quick to blame defensive coordinator Kevin Steele for that. I think it was more personnel that were making those mistakes because at the end of the day, he's not out there covering receivers. And those were Absolutely. just clear miscommunications and coverage breakdowns. Uh, but Miami's pass rush has been really good. Um, you know, they've got about a 10-man defensive line rotation. That That's the deepest area of the team. And people like Akeem Mesador, who's a West Virginia transfer, he's been one of the best pass rushers in the country, according to the metrics and the stats. Uh, Leonard Taylor and Daryl Jackson, the two top uh, defensive tackles, have been really good. And the linebacking core, uh, which is not the most talented group, uh, I think have been punching above their weight because Charlie Strong, who coaches Miami's linebackers, I think has done a really good job, especially with Corey Flagg, who's about five foot ten. Doesn't look he doesn't look like a linebacker, but he's just really taken to that coaching and he's playing really, really well these past few weeks. So I gave a very long answer to a very simple question, but <laughs> to bring it all back and to sum it up, uh, yeah, if if Miami loses to Duke. Uh, and they fall to three and four on the year, which very much puts bowl eligibility into question because they still have Florida State and Clemson left to play this season, then, yeah, there are going to be some people who start to question the coaching, no doubt about it. Okay, absolutely. Well, you know when the seat gets hot, you know what he's going to start doing? Sweating a little bit, and that's why we got this episode brought to you by Sweat Block. Trust me, there are folks who suffer from excessive underarm sweat for years, and they don't really get anything done about it you just worry about sweating through everything and and got to come up with all these crazy zany things to stop the sweat from happening until they find sweat block sweat block is a game changer this thing was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating it is doctor created and doctor recommended so if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor try sweat block save 20 percent with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com it's also available on Amazon. So now, Dono, we 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 got into that trap game a little bit. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, okay? Because looking over this slate of games, it's a very meager slate of games. I'm not hearing a lot of people give the Orange a chance against Clemson. Is that potentially a trap game when you've got a top five team 
uh, playing against uh, a, a team that's undefeated. They've got some mojo rolling. Everything that could can go right has gone right for the Orange this year, right? You see against yeah. Purdue. They had Purdue wet the bed in a way that I've never seen. I have never seen the team. Like, you know how they say, act like you've been there before. I promise you, Purdue acted as if they had never been in a position to win a game in their lives. They scored that touchdown at the end of the game to take the lead and got 30 yards worth of penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct immediately after. You look at the NC State game. It just so happens to be that the ACC preseason player of the year gets hurt right before playing, y'all. Everything that can go right to some degree has gone right for this team. The only game that I'll say, hey, they didn't need no help. There was a power five game. They didn't need no help. They didn't need no assistance. They didn't need no love. It was against Louisville, even against Virginia. Right. Some things went their way that you just are like, man, what's going on? So so tell me, does this Syracuse team have a shot? Because some, many could say the same thing about Clemson in terms of they've run into teams that, for whatever reason, have just wet the bed when they played them. They saw the 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 – Paws on the helmet, and they got weak in the knees like SWV. They just didn't know what to do and, and kind of uh, pissed down their leg a little bit. So tell me, does this Syracuse team have a chance to make the orange-on-orange violence a trap game for Clemson? See, I, I really don't think they do, but I'll still call it a trap game for everything you just said about Syracuse just seems to be that team of destiny. Like they weren't mm-hmm. even supposed to be bowl eligible. I think their over under was like four and a half wins. And they got yep. six wins, yep. six games in. Like they're not supposed to be here. And then also just the history of these two teams meeting up. I mean, you know, I, I thought it was more recent, but I looked it up to see what year was that? 2017 was the year that Syracuse pulled off the big upset against Clemson. I guess I'm just getting so old that the years go by more quickly. I thought it was more recent than five years ago, but five years ago, Syracuse shocked Clemson. Um, and even like last year uh, at the building formerly known as the Carrier Dome, they, they kept it within three. Like Syracuse gave Clemson a scare last year. But at the same that time... That place will always be the Carrier Dome to me. I don't care who gets the naming rights. It'll be the Carrier Dome forever. <laughs> especially since like the new name of it is like so long and complicated. I'm never going to bother to learn that. It's, the, like, the it's like 10 Dome, words. The carrier dome is where my best college football memory happened. I recovered a fumble that gave Doran his first ever ACC win there. Wow. And trust me, when I tell my kids that story, I'm not going to say the, the PNG, uh, the telecom XNP uh, <laughs> stadium was the stadium that I did it at kids. I'm going to say it was the carrier dome. Back in 20, I want to say it was uh, 14, 2014. Yeah, back then, awesome. that's when that happened. So it's going to be the carrier dome to me forever. But proceed with your point about why this could be a trap game. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it could be a trap game uh, really just for historical reasons and mm-hmm. because I'm not going to count out the team of destiny that is Syracuse so far. At the same time, Clemson, they're they're trending way, way up in recent weeks. Um, they, they've answered a lot of the questions that I've had. And, and listen, I, I know that Florida State fans will tell you, hey, we won the box score. We won the all-important box score battle against Clemson. A, a lot of the yardage that they put up was, was late in the game. Uh, I, I think in recent weeks we've seen enough evidence that 
Their defense looks more or less fixed for the most part. They're not missing Brett Venables as much as I thought they would. And DJ Weungalele is playing a lot better uh, than I thought he would because I really thought he was a liability heading into the season. And Clemson just, they, they look like a machine to me. Uh, and I, I think if this game were being played at the Carrier Dome, I would give Syracuse a much better shot. You know, Syracuse, they've only left home once this season, and that was against UConn. So they haven't faced a tough – like, this is a baptism to head into uh, to head into Death Valley. Like, this is a whole different environment. I just think well, that's one of the toughest buildings to play in in all of college football. I just think Clemson's going to be too much, and I don't really trust Garrett Schrader at the end of the day to win a game like this. I will send a shout-out to my guy, Aronde Gadsden, the second. I've actually – I've never met the second, but I know his father. So I'm going to give him a shout-out, mm-hmm. and I hope he's got a big game because I'd love to see Syracuse win. Let me tell you something. I think that Syracuse has a much better chance than everybody's giving them, but I agree. I don't think Syracuse wins this game. Now, let me tell you why I think they got a better chance than everybody's giving them. The biggest thing that teams have done against Clemson is they saw the recipe that uh, that Wake Forest laid out for this is how you put up points on this defense. You keep in extra bodies to block all those guys that they've got. They got some dudes up front. They got some guys that come draft night – they're going to be waiting longer than this episode is going to take to hear their name. I mean, shorter than that. They're going to be yeah. waiting for a shorter time than it takes us to record this episode. I'm not talking about the post-production. I'm not talking about the editing, none of that. I mean, just me and you talking. It's going to be shorter than that for them to hear their name called, right? For sure. No doubt about that. Wake Forest show, all you got to do, keep bodies in to block them and trust that their corners, their safeties, they're not going to. They've had some injuries. They, they, they've shown that that's the chink in their armor. And this Syracuse team is feeling confident. They're feeling good. Now, here's the key to them having a shot. They need to take that ball and push it down the field early. And also, they got to get Tucker going. If they, can't, if they can't do those two things, even if you're not hitting, just throw it deep early. Just throw it deep. Gaston the second is a freak of nature. He's a matchup nightmare for anybody. For anybody especially corners and safeties that have been shown to be suspect throughout the season. You've got to say to yourself, the, the, the recipe is out there. The blueprint is out there. Let's follow the blueprint because you know, when you run the ball anyway, play action naturally gives you an extra body or two in pass protection. Great. We're going to do that. And we're going to try to find a way to get this ball downfield. And they've got one of the best defenses in the nation. They do. In the nation. That that defense is everything that they're advertised to be. They fly around. They are a, a quirky, untraditional uh, cast of, of misfit toys, but I'll be damned if they don't make it work. They got a nose guard that's about 5'11", uh, 200. They list him at 266. That boy is, is – he's 266 with cement bricks in his pocket. It, it, but you know what? But you know what? He gets the job done. Those defensive ends, they got both of them 6'6", 230, 220. They, they look light as a feather, but you know what? They get the job done. That 335 that's affectionately known as the mob, it can give DJ problems. NC State's 335 gave yeah. DJ problems. It is possible that Syracuse hangs tough in this game. However, I believe it's going to come down to two things. What type of start do they get off to? And how is that offense going to perform? Because the recipe that I've seen for Clemson to beat up on folks is just make sure that their offense doesn't do much. Our offense mm-hmm. doesn't do anything early. Just make sure that their offense can't do much. And then they'll relent. They'll they'll flinch. 
they'll they'll start to flinch and say, oh man, this there's nothing we could do here. And the minute they do that, we'll just start jabbing and jabbing and jabbing and jabbing. The next thing you know, you look up and you're like, wait, are we down 15? And that's how the game is gonna go. So oh, that's just my opinion. I'm not saying I'm not saying this a trap game, but I'm saying more people need to give it attention as a possible upset there. That's all I'm saying. Well, and I think to kind of pick up on what I said about the Miami Duke game, I think Clemson might be favored by a little too much. I mean, 13 and a half points. Like, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't shock me if they blow them out. But at the same time, I'm staying far, far away from that number. If anything, I might bet Syracuse plus 13 and a half. I'm, I'm not betting Clemson to cover that spread. I'll tell you what. You give me 14 points. It, it ain't too many teams I won't take in the conference game. You give me 14 right. points. You know what I mean? I, that's all I'm saying. That, especially an undefeated team this late in the season. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not saying, but I'm saying I might want to look into that. You know what I mean? If, if anything go wrong, please don't blame us. Okay, we, <laughs> don't you don't you bet your house on this game and then say, "Can you let us wrong?" Hey, hey, hold on now. I told you what might have could have happened. Okay, I tell you. I ain't tell you nothing along the lines of, you know, get a second mortgage and make that. Trust me that you don't need to do that. And if you do do some nonsense like that, you're going to need a second and third job and you can find it on LinkedIn jobs. Folks, LinkedIn jobs is the place where you need to be. If you are trying to get hires for your small business where every hire feels high stakes, you want to be 100 percent certain unlike us about this Clemson surgery game, that you have the right people in place. And that's what LinkedIn Jobs is for. They help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is add LinkedIn Jobs, add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So again, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Dono, we're about to get out of here. Okay. We're we're about to wrap this thing up. It's been great chatting with you, but we gotta. When you look at these other games, okay, I don't think that we have anything else that would be considered a trap game if anybody I, wanted. I think I got one. I think I've got oh, another one. Oh, oh let, let's go. Who's it? Who's the third? Talk you to know, me. And, and not not to say this may not feel like a trap game, but I I see even if they are at home, Louisville favored by two and a half against Pittsburgh. I think the wrong team's favored. Honestly, mm. the wrong team is favored, especially. With my guy Israel, I, I've been working on uh, his last name, Abinakanda. Uh, I, I, I butcher yep. that. Yep. I butcher that every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he 186 all-purpose yards per game, just comes off a 320-yard performance. And it's not like Louisville's been lighting it up this year. I mean, Satterfield has had that team struggling. So e- even being on the road, I, I, I think – I think the wrong team is favored. I, I don't see why Louisville's favored by two and a half. I think Pitt goes in there and wins the close game. So let me let you in on another very interesting fact for all you betters out there. And again, don't don't y'all don't y'all come knocking on my door. And talk about Ken, my girlfriend left me, and I, I don't know what to do. I don't. I don't. I bet the kids kind of said, but but this is one of the only teams in the ACC that has not won two consecutive games at any point in time this season, and they're coming off a win. In terms of Louisville, there's 
There, I'm just saying that the farm hypothetically monopoly hey. money only, of course. But hey, wow. monopoly money only, of course. The, the money that you use in the game of life, that money only, of course. You know what I mean? Because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't want nothing bad happening to you. You know what I mean? We don't, we, if, if you are betting, use bet online. Don't, don't you go to none of these folks that you know you might lose a pinky mess around. But anyway, the reality is this the best predictor of future behaviors is the past, and in the past. This Louisville team, after every win, they've had a complete and total bedwetting session uh, after that game. And, and so the, the question comes, is this a game where they could do, where they can finally break that? Because if you look at the teams that they've lost to after some of these, like, okay, yes, you open the, Syrac- the, the season getting absolutely thraxed by a Syracuse team that we're just now finding out is pretty good, sure. But then you beat a UCF team, that I think is pretty quality. I think they're a good team. You beat them on the road in a stadium that they've only lost twice in in the last, like, what, two, three years? And then you lose to Boston College. who we Or, I'm sorry, you lose to Florida State, who, yeah, like, right. at the time, we didn't know much about. But, okay, you go blow out South Florida. And then you come back and lose to BC. Oh, what? What's going on? That BC team, I'm going to tell you, now, I told you about the big play that I made and where, what the year it was. Back then, I had hair. I had a lot of hair back then. You understand? Like, that's how long ago that was. I know I could get a stack against Boston College. I know I could get me a stop against Boston College. You gave up 34. <laughs> you gave up 34. So, so it is a potential. It is a potential game that, I mean, they say the home field advantage gives you a plus three-point swing, but I, I don't know. I'm not really sure if I'd I'd be taking this Louisville team. So, you know, tell the folks where they can find your work. And and, and this, as always, man, it's great chatting with you on this Trap Game Thursday. You too, man. Trap Game, I feel like this is something we need to celebrate. Like, this should be one of those international holidays, the Trap Game Thursday. But, yeah, you guys can can follow uh, my show. For those interested in either – uh, you know, if you root for Miami or if you root against Miami, because we get a lot of trolls who watch and listen. I don't even care, man. As long as you're clicking, I don't care if you're a troll or if you're here out of love. Uh, you hey, locked on Canes. Don't tell the fans that. Don't stop telling the fans that. They need to keep trolling us to think that it hurts us. Okay, well, it hurts you, us you very know, bad. We cry at night when you say bad yeah. things about our team. NC State is my alma mater, so don't you dare go to Locked On Wolfpack and say bad things about that team in the comments. Don't subscribe and listen you, to say that. You know, it's funny. The people who troll us the most, like you would think, oh, it's probably like Florida State fans. The people who troll us the most are actually Oregon fans who are obsessed with the X. They're obsessed with Mario Cristobal. I get you daily comments from Oregon fans who just come in there to trash the head coach. It is what it is. It, you guys bother me a lot. Of course you bother me so much, but yeah, you can check out our show uh, locked on canes, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube uh, every single day. And, uh, and if you follow the show at locked on canes, we will follow you back. Even if you are an Oregon fan or a Florida state fan, we will follow back at locked on canes. Teddy Pendergrass gave y'all the rules for what to do about that ex that you just can't seem to let go way back in the year of 1980. I think you better let it go. Doom, 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 doom. Looks like another coach TKO. But anywho, we're going to get on out of here. As always, great people. Peace and love, y'all. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.